Paul speaking. That's one level of connection. In fact, John, if you read down in John chapter 15, he reemphasizes this. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I've appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will remain, fruit that will last, not cast fruit. That's just there for a moment, but fruit that will remain. And I believe we bear that type of fruit when we realize not only has Christ laid hold of us, but we've got to lay hold of Christ. See, see, many here, yeah, we know God's got hold of our life, but we yet haven't laid hold of Him and everything that we have for our life. See, if we're to bear fruit, we need to intensify our connection. See, right now, uh, what is the root cause of the problem you're facing? Well, have you ever asked, what's the root cause of the blessing in your life? Uh, what's the root cause of the habitual sin that you're struggling with? Why, what's the root cause of that addiction? Uh, what's the root cause of, of, of losing a job time and time again? It, it can't be the place you're working all the time. There, there's got to be a root cause there. Well, what's the root cause of bad relationships? I always choose the wrong one. Well, what's the root cause of, of financial success or struggle? Well, what's the root cause? So, so often we want the fruit without identifying the root or the cause of it. And, and Jesus highlighted this in Matthew chapter 7. If you go over there, Matthew chapter 7, he says, You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears, come on, help me out. Every good tree bears good fruit, and every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruits. In Matthew 12, verse 33, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit tr bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. First thing I want to highlight from John chapter 15 that we need to catch this morning is, number one, Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. Listen to what he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Right, and, and now we're going to do a little bit of Bible study. We're going to go back into the Old Testament because we're a church that loves our Bible. Is that right? And uh, we're going to look at Isaiah because Isaiah is one of the books in the Old Testament that has the most messianic prophecies, prophecies about the Messiah coming. And I, I want you to pick up the language that is used in Isaiah about Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Again, what did Jesus say? I am the vine. You are the branches. If we go to Isaiah chapter 53, verse two, it says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. This is speaking of Jesus. 
He shall grow up as a tender, uh, a tender plant, a root out of dry ground. In other words, there wasn't anything in his natural environment that would sustain him. A tender root doesn't grow out of dry ground. And so there was, when it was speaking of Jesus, that his life was not conditioned by what was around him. His life was formed and fashioned by what was within him. He wasn't source dependent. He was a source in himself. Aren't you glad this morning that Christ lives within you? That you don't need to be a victim of your circumstance, of your environment. If you've got Christ within you, you've got everything you need. Christ within you, the hope of glory, my Bible says. Now, if we look at, if you even go into the New Testament and to Revelation, chapter five, it says, but one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, that being Jesus, the root of David has prevailed and opened up the scroll and loose the seven seals. Revelation 22, verse 16. I want you to get this, that Jesus is divine. It says, I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Here he says he's the root and he's the offspring. Here's what he's saying. He's the root because he's God, but he's the offspring because he became a man. In other words, he's the first and he's the last. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's what the, the beginning and the end. He's the author, but he's also the finisher of our faith. Come on, you're getting the picture this morning. How awesome Jesus is. Jesus is the vine. He's the root. And you can't bear good fruit without being attached to that vine. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. I was recently at a funeral of a mass teacher and he liked different mass problems and solutions and he'd do crazy you know, um, scenarios. He'd do, do things like this. Think of a number between one and 10. You got that number? Okay, right now I want you to multiply it by nine. So everybody got that? Everybody multiplied it by nine? And then you go, what I want you to do is I want you to add the two digits of that number. Add them together. You got that? Then I want you to minus five. How many of you got a number in their head already? You got that number in your head? Okay, now I want you to think, uh, you know, if, one's, if A is one, B is two, C is three, uh, I want you to think of a letter in the alphabet. How many of you got a letter in the alphabet? Okay, I want you to think of a country starting with that letter. How many of you got a country right now? Yeah, okay. Then I want you to go to the second letter of that country and think of an animal. How many right now are thinking of elephants in Denmark? There you go. Sometimes you need to break some things down to understand them. And not just with numbers, but you need to do it with words. Some of you are amazed. <laughs> uh, 
to understand it's like words. You know, there's a mixture, like a word discourage is made up of two words, dis and courage. Dis means to take out of. Whenever you discourage somebody, you're taking courage out of that person. When you discourage your spouse, you're taking courage out of your spouse. How many know that's not helping? And Jesus, but Jesus said here, without me, you can do nothing. How many are nothings? Two words. It's no thing. Here's the thing. We think we can do some things without God. But Jesus says, no, 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 no thing. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, which is on every Fijian rugby jersey. It says, through Christ, we can do all things. Here, here, remember these two truths. With Jesus, you can do all things. Without Jesus, you can do no thing. Not something we think we can do. So I'm all right, but it's not gonna last. Why? Because He's the vine. He's the vine. And the picture John 15 gives, He's a grapevine. He's not like a wild vine. In fact, I was in Greymouth once growing up and I went with my cousins up into the bush and we were swinging off vines. I swung off a vine and went right over a cliff and, and slid down the vine and ended up breaking my arm. I went to the hospital in, in Greymouth and they set my arm in a car. So I arrived back in Auckland to get it checked out to, to find out that they had set it all wrong. And I had to have my arm rebroken in front of me. It was weird seeing your wrists right around here and hearing the crack again. Don't go to the hospital in Greymouth. But I'm not talking about a vine that you swing off. Yeah, Jesus is talking about a grapevine, not a jungle vine. He's not saying I'm a jungle or a bush vine that grows in the wild that ends up restricting your movement. He's a grapevine, a fruit producing vine. And here's the second thing. Number one, Jesus is the vine. Number two, we are the branches. He says, abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, so what is it? He's the vine and we are the branches. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a branch. Got many different looking branches here this morning. Many shades, many lengths, many colors. But we're, we're branches. Now, what gets me about this whole picture and analogy is that if Jesus is the vine, how many know He needs the branches to bear fruit? I think about this. You know, God wants kingdom fruit to be established in the world. And who has He mandated that commission to? The branches. A vine can't produce fruit by itself and needs branches. Think about this, that God has made himself vulnerable to yours and my stupidity. If you're God, would you do that? 
See, the only way that he, He's chosen to manifest Himself is, is through yours and my life. He's the vine and we are the branches. And remember, He wants us to bear good fruit. See, see when we think of God fruit, we've got to go to Galatians. We've got to go to Galatians chapter 5 and look at the, the fruit of the Spirit and what, what the Bible defines as, as fruit. Let, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, this is fruit. According to God, the fruit of the Spirit is, what, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against th- these, there is no law. Now, how, how many set goals at the beginning of the year? You know, right, January 1 or during January, you sit down and, and you put down some of the things you want to accomplish this year. You know, I, I want to pay off my loan. I want to pay, you know, do this in the house. I want to get married. Or, you know, I, I want to go on an overseas trip. Or, you know, you, you wrote down some goals. I challenge to say a lot of the goals that we write down in life have a lot to do with what we want to do. Yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. This is who I want to meet. This is how much money I want in my bank account. They have a lot to do with what we want to do rather than who we're becoming. I want to challenge you when it comes to setting goals to actually set goals around who you want to become. Man, I want to, I want to be more patient. How many struggle with that? I lift my hands with that. I, I, I want to be more disciplined. I want to exercise self-control. Because these are the fruits of the Spirit. See, many people get confused in life between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. The best way I can illustrate this, and some of you heard this before, is the difference between a Christmas tree and a fruit tree. Now, now a Christmas tree is like the gifts of the Spirit. Now, under a Christmas tree, you find a gift. If you take that gift, I mean, no, it tells you nothing about the tree. What does it tell you about? It tells you about the giver of the gift. Now, we have all got gifts in this place. Some of us have got gifts of leadership. Some of us have got gifts of administration, hospitality, you know, encouragement, many gifts. Some of us are gifted to play a musical instrument. I'm not. I wish I was, but I'm not. But how many know, none of the gifts that we have tell us anything about us. Some of us are gifted sports people. Some of us are gifted in in many different areas. But do you know that tells you nothing about you? But do you know most people's security and worth actually comes from a gift? But the uh, the gifts of the Spirit are like that present under a tree, it tells me nothing about the tree, but everything about the giver. But on the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. If you're to take a piece of fruit from a fruit tree, if, if it's a bad piece of fruit, it's a bad tree. That's what Jesus said. You can identify what the tree's like by its fruits. See, if you want to really know who I am, you know, it's not by my preaching or my leadership. 
If you want to know me, you've got to go to my wife, Kathy, and ask her what I'm really like. See, many people in church get disillusioned because they see somebody who's anointed and gifted, but those things are only to testify about God and how good He is. If you want to know the person, go behind the scenes and look at the fruit of the Spirit. And our challenge as, a, as, as Christ followers is to grow in these areas, not just around what we want to do. Here's the thing, your gift can take you where your character can't sustain you. And that's why in Hollywood, we see many collapses. That's why, you know, we can see somebody who's great on a sports field, but underneath have their life all a mess. I saw just this week an NRL player, Andrew Fafita, you know, doing well in the NRL, in the eyes of the public. But underneath, hiddenly, he was wanting to take his life. Can't get your security through your gift. Listen to this. You know, it's, Jesus said it's impossible to bear fruit without him. You, can, you cannot bear fruit. Now, now, the branch cannot bear fruit. The problem is we think bear means produce. Fruit. Uh, we can't produce it, but not only can't we produce it, we can't bear it. It's like this. The word bear actually means to carry. Like you bear a burden or you carry a burden or you carry a blessing. So here's what Jesus is saying. You can't carry the fruit without me. Not only can't you produce it, you can't carry it. Here's what he's saying. I am the one who's produced it. So you have to stay connected. But if you don't, abide in me, you can't even display it. See, we bear fruit for two reasons. Number one, to display God to the world, to display love, joy, peace. But number two, we, we, we bear fruit so people can eat of the fruit. In other words, when people come into relationship with us, it's so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. But the key to this is this word abide. Everyone say abide. It means to remain, to stay in one place for a long time. The connotation is to stay through the struggle, to stay in the fight. Don't go missing. How many know you can be here but not here? Yeah, you can be here. No, abide, stay. Some of you are tired. Had a late night last night. Can't uh, remain with me. I don't want to do all the work here. We're opening the Bible together. I can't remain. Stay. Stay in the struggle. A, a vineyard owner will tell you that they produce better wine if the grapes have had to struggle. And people who bear really good fruit are people who stay in a committed relationship through the struggle. Not people who come and go. Just come, go. And many people, when it comes to church, they come and they go. They come and they go. No, it's not come and go. It's come and stay. Stay, stay in the house of God. Blessed are those who dwell in His house. Not that blessed are those who attend every now and then. 
but who dwell, who are planted in the house of God. And my Bible says they shall still be praising God, even in their older age. Yeah, you got to stay. As, you know, abiding the fruit comes with people who stay, not people who serve them when things are good, but don't when things are bad. Come on, apply this to other situations. If you're a believer and you're married, do you stay through the struggle? Do you stay in the fight? If you're a believer in business, do you stay through the financial hard times and do you still tithe? Do you still trust the principles of the Word of God? Do you stay in the Word? Jesus said, let your words abide. They've got to abide in you. Abide, stay. The weather in Auckland changes every hour. I like going out and playing golf from time to time. And if I went out according to what the weather looked at the time I was leaving, I'd never go out. But we go out no matter what the weather is because we know within 10 minutes it will probably change. Aren't you thankful you don't live in Auckland? (laughs) Biggest amen of the day. But, But here's the thing. Many of us are looking at the weather around our lives right now. And we're living our lives according to the weather. Ecclesiastes says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll do nothing. Some of you are waiting till things settle down. Things will never settle down. Or actually, maybe they will. Things tend to settle down when you're dead. But up to that point, you're always going to be busy. Some of you are waiting for things to come right before you put God as a priority in your life. Before you actually prioritize the house of God, I just need to get this sorted first. I just need to work on this. You never get it sorted. You need to not look at the weather. You need to make a decision that you're going to abide. Number one, number one, Jesus is the vine. Number two, we are the branches. And number three, simple message, the Father is the vine dresser. Listen to verse one. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. What, what does this mean? Here's what it means. It means that God the Father is the owner of the vineyard. Now, I, I pray one of the fruits of you attending Equipers Church is that you'd fall in love with the Bible. That's one of my prayers. Not, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. Now, many people exclude the Old Testament, but I can show you in the Old Testament everything that's in the New Testament. They're, they're related and you can get an understanding. Now, I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 5 because there's a, a great picture here about Jesus the vine and God being the owner of the vineyard. Now, uh, verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now, let me sing to my well-beloved. A song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Whose vineyard is it? It's God the Father's. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. Who's the choicest vine? Come on, help me out here. The choicest vine is Jesus. He's he's the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and he also made a wine press in it. 
So he expected it to bring forth good grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge please between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please let me tell you what I'll do to my vineyard. I'll take away its hedge, notice that, and it shall be burnt. I'll break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I'll allow it to waste and it shall be pruned or dug. But there shall come briars and thorns. This is speaking of the enemy coming in. And I'll command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. Now, here, here's the thing. God's saying this vineyard, I've done everything for it to bear forth good fruits. I've done everything I can. But now, because it's not, I'm gonna take away its hedge. I'm gonna take the hedge of protection around, uh, away from it. The hedge of protection in our lives is, is called the Word of God. You know, I, I pray for a hedge of protection to be around my kids. In fact, I pray for a hedge of protection around all those who attend equippers. Now, we've got some sports players in our church. I pray around their lives that they'll be injury-free in Jesus' name. I pray around our church that there'll be a hedge of protection, that, that equippers church, when people come into this place, there'll be a sick-free zone. How many can believe in God for that? You know, we're not there yet, but we've got to contend for it in God. That there'll be a hedge of protection around people. By the way, never pray for a hedge of thorns around someone. In Hosea, God said about Goma when she was away from Goma, that she had a hedge of thorns around her. Hedge of thorns represent demonic spirits. But a hedge of protection is something that's guarded by the Word of God. Now, now remember when Satan came before God in Job chapter one, God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job who is blameless, an upright man and serves, who serves me? Here's what Satan said. He said, he serves you because you have a hedge around him. I, I can't touch him. So God took the hedge away and Satan was able to touch Job but Job still served God. Notice here in judgment, God will take away the hedge. But God will take away the hedge to bring us back to Him. See, the enemy will come in, not in an obvious way, but He'll come in. And we've got to be aware of the enemy's devices. One of the greatest attacks of the enemy is always at our connection point. Outside of willful sin, one of the enemy's main weapons is to sow discord. Because if he can get the people of God you know, disunited, working against one another, the enemy knows he can isolate them and keep them fractured. You know, for too long in many places, there's been fights in the church. That's why we haven't reached our world. We need to announce to the devil, we're taking this fight outside. Saying, hey, we're taking this outside. 
The fight's no longer on the inside. Our fight is to win a world to Jesus. Our fight is to see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, let, let's not you know, fight about minor details. Let's get over those. Let's fight to win our world and see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to see that the enemy wants to keep the church fractured. He'll always attack at the place of attachment. That's why we've got to determine to stay in the fight. To stay in the fight. Let's go over to the New Testament now. I want to show you just quickly to finish up. Matthew 21. Getting a lot of scripture this morning. How many are enjoying this message? Matthew 21, verse 33. This is Jesus. He said, here's another parable about a certain landowner who planted a vineyard. See that? Planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it. Dug a wine press in it and built a tower. Sound familiar to Isaiah chapter 5? And he leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, when vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they may receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And he sent other servants more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Verse 37, then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and cease his inheritance. So they took him, cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. What gets me about this is Jesus telling the story, telling this parable seven days before he is crucified. He's been on the earth 33 years. He's been three years in ministry. And now he's entering the final week of his life. This is Jesus. Jesus in this parable is the son. He is the son. Listen to verse 37. Then last of all, he sent his son to him saying, they will respect my son. But they ended up taking him out of the vineyard and killing him. Because the scapegoat would always be taken out of town and killed. Jesus is our scapegoat. And what is he gonna do with people who don't accept his son? Uh, let, let me say this. If you're not a Christ follower yet, or maybe... You believe, yes, I, you know, you're going, yes, I believe in the Son of God. You believe in Him, but you're not following Him. Come on, let's not, let's be honest here. Let's not put up a show. Let's not be a catfish Christian who, who believe in God, but live as though He doesn't exist. Now, the question is, are, are you really following Christ? Because if you're not following Christ, you have a choice. And the choice is, are you going to accept the vine that the Father sent? Because the bad fruit in your life is because you aren't connected to the vine. That's why you have bad fruit. 
That's why you aren't seeing some of those promises or prophecies come about in your life. Because you're not following, you're not connected. See, as a believer, even here, we have a choice. Are you going to abide through the struggle? Are you going to stay in the fight? Are you going to stay in a committed relationship with God no matter what you're going through? And are you going to leave the outcome to Him? See, it all comes to our level of connection. He's already laid hold of us. One level of attachment. But I believe this morning God's saying, hey, I want you to lay hold of me and my purpose in a way like you have never done before. How many of you had piggyback races? You picked up your child and you're giving them a piggyback. And you're holding on to them, but you're about to run and jump over some stuff. And you say to them, what? Hold on. How many know just because you're holding on to them doesn't mean they're in a comfortable position? If you're just holding on to them, they could, you could be dragging them by their feet. Some of people are like that in their relationship with God. God's laid hold of them. He's going, I'm going this way. And you've been dragged. But you've got to lay hold of Christ. You've got to hold on to Him because He's got an adventure. He's got a purpose for you to fulfill. But it's about you laying hold and abiding in Him. So you may be strapped in. You know, if you go on a roller coaster, those things, those harnesses come over you. But how many know you've got to hold on to those harnesses? Otherwise, you're just going to be a, a rag doll. And some of you right now are feeling like a rag doll. Christ has laid hold of you, but you haven't grabbed hold of Him yet. And He's saying, come on, I want you to lay hold of me because I've got an adventure to take you on. I want to do something great in your life. Your best days are yet ahead of you. Come on, Equipers Church. Uh, the best days for this church are ahead of it. The best is yet to come. And we've got to believe it and take hold of it and lay, lay hold of it in the Spirit. See, I want you to ask the question this morning. God, what are you saying to me? I want you to personalize it. I want you to think about areas in your life. If we could have the musicians up. Areas in your life right now where there, there isn't good fruit. And like I, you probably have areas where you're struggling. I want you to ask, what's the root cause of that problem that I'm encountering. I want you to let God reveal that root cause because we want to pray for you. We want to pray, uh, pray that God would reveal that in Jesus' name. Come on, abide. Abide, remain, stay, continue. For some of you, you're going, well, here's the fruit, God. God just says, remain. Come on, let's go from dial-up to broadband. Let's broaden our band. Not in the natural, <laughs> but in the spirit. Let's broaden the bandwidth of our life. 